This is Jeffrey Kerr. I'm here today with a filmmaking team who have both produced, written, and directed a three-part episode of the Quippy Horror Anthology series, Fifty States of Fright. They are also two of the three screenwriters behind the 2018 critically acclaimed box office hit, A Quiet Place, which they both collaborated on with co-writer, director, and star John Krasinski. Would the two of you mind introducing yourselves individually? Hi, I'm Scott Beck. And I'm Brian Woods. To start things off, how have you both been doing during this time of quarantine due to the coronavirus? Yeah, it's definitely been a very, very interesting time. I, we've been spending kind of the last few months, like everybody, trying to make sense of, of the world. I think for us, like for our creative brains, we've, we've been spending a lot of time writing and doing some R&D process on, on an upcoming film. And so it's, it's just been trying to just keep moving somehow, but, but it's certainly difficult. So. Yeah, and the day-to-day from a business standpoint is very different. You know, we're used to being in Los Angeles and getting in rush hour traffic, driving all the way across town, taking meetings in person, and now everything's virtual, everything's digital, and it's a whole new world. Though in the meantime, your fans will have something to look forward to with your three-part episode of 50 States of Fright titled Almost There. Yes, 50 States was was an incredible journey. And then the episode of Almost There, I think, was kind of our amalgamation of all our fears that we had as children and even as adults, our fears of heights and a lot of folklore from our home state of Iowa, which the episode is based around. So, yeah, and our filmmaking all ties back to Iowa because Scott and I met each other when we were kids and we both realized we were the only two kids in the area making you know, short films with our action figures. And so when uh, Sam Raimi told us about this amazing idea he had for an anthology series about the scariest stories in each state, we immediately told him that we would be offended if they got anyone else to do the state of Iowa because it just sounded like so much fun. We really wanted to uh, tell that story. I've just finished watching the screener before recording, and I must say you both did a terrific job on it. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So how did the opportunity to work on the show come about? So the, the opportunity to work on the show actually came about um, during a meeting that we had with one of the production companies, and that meeting was about an entirely different film that we had written. And they mentioned in passing at the very end, they're like, oh, by the way, like we've, we've got this show that we're working on with Sam Raimi. And immediately our ears perked up and we were like, okay, what's the show? And then they're like, it's called 50 States of Fright. It's about a horror story in every single of the United States. And immediately we were like, we will be offended if we're not able to write and direct the Iowa episode because that's where we're from. And we had so many, you know, horrifying stories that we heard as kids, whether they're legends or based in reality. And we we're like, we just want to be a part of this. And it felt something special. And it came pretty quickly. We just started, we put our heads together and we just thought, what's one of those folklore stories that we heard about a lot and kind of settled on this idea that takes place in, just outside of Fort Dodge, Iowa, this mysterious Banwell Bridge where there was this legend of an Amish mother who hung her daughters over the bridge. It always creeped us out and we thought it might be an interesting window into telling a story about our fear of heights because Scott and I are both deathly afraid of heights. That's how it all got started. What was it like getting to make your episodes? I imagine it had to have been so much fun to do. It was fun. It was really difficult though too at the same time because so much of the episode takes place in this wind turbine that essentially needs to feel like it's 300 feet tall. Originally, we we're like, oh, we, maybe we can just film this in a real life wind turbine, which 
could not be achieved just for, for practical concerns. And so we had to build that in basically this, this 40 foot tall structure, but it was really, really fun to try and invent and create with, with our actors and with our cinematographer and our production designer. How do you really convey the fear of heights and how do you really put the audience right there with our lead actress, Thaisa Parmiga in a way that it feels like any wrong move you could accidentally fall and, and really feed into not just the fear that Thaisa's character has from, from a character trauma standpoint, but also from the literal physical fear of just trying to make sure you can climb up 300 feet, you know, in a sheer vertical climb. I think, you know, it's just like part of the challenge was doing kind of this television style schedule. We're used to making feature films. So a project like this is really like, you got to be prepared. You have a lot of material to shoot and not a lot of time. And I think we got really lucky with our two lead actors who were just super excited about the physical aspect of the performances, the stunt work and the climbing of the ladder and the hanging out. And really they made our, our lives a lot easier. So uh, for us, pretty much a great experience. Would you mind talking about the cast of actors you both got to work with? Yeah, I, the cast, we feel really, really lucky to work with Thaisa um, to start off with. Like, we've just been in, incredible fans of, of her work for so many years now. And when she read the script, she was immediately um, interested in the physicality of the role. And I think also that we were trying to put a lot of layers into her character in essentially what's a very, very short amount of time to convey that. And with, with Ron Livingston, who plays Blake, he's one of um, our favorite comic actors, but he, he doesn't lean into the comedy instead. He just like portrays it really naturally. And he was one of those, those guys that just felt like he could imbue who this character was, that he, he just shows up to work, he does the bare necessities, and then he goes home and he collects his paycheck. And yet at the same time, we wanted him to feel like the comic actor that all of a sudden, when he starts getting scared, when things go wrong, you know something's really wrong because he's not laughing anymore. And even more than that, Ron, not only is he one of our favorite actors and we've been hoping to work with him for a long time, but he hails from the same state of Iowa. And it was just kind of like when we started thinking about this piece that's going to take place in Iowa and we're from Iowa, Ron was at the top of our list. We're like, we have to get Ron. It's just too perfect. So we were, we were lucky that he graced us with his presence in, in the short. Going back to the beginning, how did the two of you first get started in the industry? As you've both already mentioned, you've known each other since you were kids. Yeah, Brian and I, we, we have known each other since we were 11 years old, and we grew up in Iowa together, and we, we were like the only kids that were making movies with our with our VHS camcorders, and we would make these stop-motion videos with our action figures, and, you know, as we, were, we went into high school, we just started making these wildly ambitious feature films for no money, and we were trying to crib off our favorite filmmakers like Paul Thomas Anderson or Martin Scorsese and try to tell these very adult stories, but without having any life experience being 17 years old and just using our friends as actors. We consider that like our film school years. We never formally went to film school, but it kind of was this all-hands approach onto every single um, job position that you could have on film set because we were basically running the cameras ourselves, doing the sound design. But it was great to know a little bit about each job position so that as we you know, pursued this career professionally, we could have even more respect and understanding for all the incredible collaborators that we now work with. And then just becoming professionals was just a very long process that took years and years and little by little, just writing scripts and getting our work in front of managers and different producers and starting to build a reputation and starting to knock on the door of Hollywood and Hollywood knocking back. And it was a long path and it's a long journey that we're, we're still on to this day, but it's fun when you get to do it with your best friend. It makes the job uh, a lot more 
uh, bearable <laughs> when, when, when things are tough and when things are going wrong. It's, it's nice to have a buddy going through it at the same time. Two years ago, you both scored big success with your screenplay for the John Krasinski Home to Quiet Place. I've read that the original genesis for that project began while the two of you were in college. What was it like getting to see the finished film become the success that it became? The entire journey of Quiet Place was pretty wild because it, it was an idea that at the various earliest incarnation, it was now about 12 years ago, that an idea of doing some sort of silent film in the context of like a genre film. So to be able to see that throughout the various stages, it felt very organic, but looking back, it's incredibly surreal because, you know, Brian and I, there we are like senior year of, of college and talking about this idea and then flash forward and you're sitting in a packed theater in Austin, Texas, and then at the New York premiere and then going to our home state of Iowa and opening weekend of, of A Quiet Place and being able to see it with the community that really supported us when we were kids and trying to make movies there. It's really, really, really difficult to describe, but in some ways it just felt like it came full circle. We wrote that movie to a certain degree as a love letter to our state of Iowa and really wanted to make it feel like it was um, something extraordinary happening in our ordinary backyards. It was a very great journey, like when all is said and done, now that we're looking at it in, in our in our rear view mirrors. Yeah, and I think we were more than anything really grateful that um, there was an audience that was excited for the movie, excited for a movie that wasn't a sequel or a remake or a reboot of something. And it seems like those types of movies are fewer and far between these days. And our hope is to kind of um, return to our love of original filmmaking that we grew up with in, in the 90s. And so, uh, yeah, we were just grateful. We were just grateful that anybody watched the movie at all. Even if it would, would have been just our parents, that would have been nice too. Well, I really hope you guys succeed in doing that because I agree, Hollywood needs more originality in their slates all around. Totally. Agree. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's kind of our mission, um, especially after I remember after the opening weekend of Quiet Place and, and just being really blown away by, by the fact that people are out there watching the movie and embracing it. That to us felt like we wanted to dig on our heels and, and try to move forward and be able to write new scripts and bring new movies to life that essentially should feel like mysteries right before you go in and see them. Like the best case scenario, you don't watch the trailer and you feel like you've seen this movie before. Um, or that you know anything about it and that you can just sit in that audience um, once movie theaters can safely reopen and just really have that that special experience that, that we loved so dearly when we were kids watching our favorite movies. There's a few filmmakers out there who we really admire that are keeping the dream alive for us. Filmmakers like Christopher Nolan, who is constantly thinking outside the box. Filmmakers uh, like M. Night Shyamalan, who introduce really kind of bold original ideas and doesn't play it safe when he could have a long time ago. And so we, we are following in the footsteps of a lot of our heroes and are grateful for the work that they give us that inspires us. Amen to that. So before we go, are there any upcoming projects the two of you would like to share with us? There's a couple things on our horizon. We've got an adaptation of a, a Stephen King short story called The Boogeyman that uh, we're writing for 20th Century Fox, now Disney. So it's Disney's The Boogeyman. And so uh, we're, we're excited for that. And then um, the next big movie that we have coming up is called 65, starring Adam Driver. And that's something that we're writing and directing and producing along with Sam Raimi. But again, going back to what we were saying earlier, like the conceit of that film, we want to preserve it as a mystery for as long as we humanly 
can just because, again, like we love showing up on Friday nights and knowing just really a shred of what, what a movie might be and then letting it really unfold inside the confines of a movie theater uh, and just being able to be very present and not know everything about the movie before it begins. And I think the only other thing we have coming up is we're lucky enough to be releasing a deluxe edition of our uh, movie we did last year, a small little indie movie called Haunt that we uh, wrote and directed. And we've taken a year to not only make sure that there was a a demand or a desire for the disc, but also, and to make sure there was an audience for it, but also to, to make sure that we put together a really special package for the fans. So that's something we've been working on for the last several months and uh, Mm -hmm. are excited uh, for that to come out uh, this, this October in time for Halloween. Nice. So in conclusion, for those who would like to have a career in the film industry, where do you think would be a good place to start? Yeah, I think like a great place to start would be just looking around you and figuring out what resources do you have at your immediate disposal? Like be it an iPhone, be it a couple friends that may have have interest in acting, or maybe there's a cool location that you just have to in your disposal. You know, when we were writing A Quiet Place, our backup plan for that film was to shoot that back in our home state of Iowa on a friend's farm and just really use sound design to suggest the the presence of, of the creature there instead of having to spend, you know, a lot of money on visual effects. And so I think it's always good to figure out what's in your own sandbox and live in those, those parameters and then just take it one step at a time and just try to, you know, expand out, out of that sandbox. Yeah. And I just think embrace failure and embrace when things don't go wrong and, and learn, learn the lessons of making mistakes. And our advice would be to just let people know that, failure is a part of the process and to not worry about it, to not sweat it. It's, it's all part of the, it's all part of the fun. If, uh, if you can think of it like that, it helps. That's some very good advice indeed. So Scott, Brian, I thank you both very much for devoting your time to this interview. It was great getting to have this conversation. Absolutely. Thank, thank you so much, Jeffrey, for taking the time to speak with us and, and checking out 50 States of Fright. Really yeah, appreciate it. Very much appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. For those who'd like to keep up with either of your careers, where can people find both of you on the Internet? We are uh, on Twitter and Instagram uh, with the same handle. It's Beck and Woods. So Twitter.com slash Beck and Woods, Instagram.com slash Beck and Woods. For those interested in watching, all episodes of 50 States of Fright are available on Quibi. But be sure to look out for Scott and Brian's three-part episode, Almost There. So thanks again for joining me today, Scott and Brian. This was great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Nice to meet you. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash podcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at CareReviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.